Welcome, horse lovers. You're listening to the Heart Horse Podcast. Coming to you from the Heart Horse headquarters in Los Angeles, California, with your hosts, Charlotte and Tista. On today's episode, we are talking about money and horses. Charlotte. Hi, Tista. How are you? I'm really good. Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, babe. <laughs> You're a favorite woman in my life. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, and you as well. It's really, we, there's so many powerful, amazing women in the horse world. I just, I wish, I was telling you earlier, I wish we had time to just like share all their accounts on Instagram and share everything in email because it just, oh, it like makes my heart so happy that there's so many powerful women. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very deeply badass it is yeah I, lo- I love that about the horse world and we were talking to someone earlier and uh reflecting on you know the diversity that is in the horse world in terms of like age range of the different women who are involved and how those relationships really like can enrich our experience together and you know yeah, yeah. so true I really can reflect back on being young in the horse world and feeling like I had all of these women of all different age ranges um that were my friends that I considered my friends even when I was 15 I had people in their 60s that I would say this is my friend Susie yeah yeah I love (laughs) it's a really unique place to be in where you can do that it's a super unique place and yeah I just love to see the diversity you know be more supported even seriously you know um, BIPOC writers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, trans writers and mm-hmm. queer writers. And yeah, if you guys want to, um, go over and listen to our friend and news podcast, her podcast is called every writer has a story. And she did a really beautiful episode today about international women's day and how you can support, um, women of color in the equestrian world. So I hope you guys will go check that out. Yeah. Anyway, money. Money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> um, yeah, so where do we where do we even start with money, Charlotte? Well, <laughs> I think the great place to start talking about money is maybe about our own individual sort of money money stories, our money mythology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think we all have like a story we tell ourselves and don't even realize that we've written like how I and money relate and what our relationship is with it and it's just like anything else yeah um so I don't know what's your what's a little bit about your money story yeah um well I guess you know we could talk about this it's so broad right you know but we are talking today about money and horses so I'll start with that because there's a lot of other things a lot of other stories yeah the horse horse specific is perfect specific um yeah, I mean, what my understanding of just, like, what it means to have a horse is, I mean, it's always meant sacrifice, and it's always meant um, a lot of money, and that it's expensive, and um, I was really lucky growing up that I've had the support of actually women in my life. Um, when I was little, and my mom was a single mother, um, and I just started doing, or maybe she was with my stepdad at the time, but anyway. Anyway, uh, young mom and young me, and we I was so in love with horses, and I really, really wanted to start taking le- lessons when I was about six or seven, and she just couldn't afford it at the time. So my grandmother actually paid for my earliest lessons, and yeah. um, I'm so grateful for my mom for you know being able to uh, not be too prideful to be able to allow her to do that, and then also for my grandmother for 
seeing that passion in me at that age. And I didn't have a close relationship with, with her. So it's really nice that she gave me that gift early on. Um, so for me, money has with horses has always meant to a degree of financial support um, from my family. And that's continued honestly to this day. And I think that's true with a lot of people um, who managed to keep horses in their lives growing up um, one way or another. I've, you know, they, they have their family behind them. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, you know, a lot of women in the equestrian world where people are like, how do they make it happen? How are they doing it? And the answer is almost always that their family is behind them and helping them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I felt guilty about sometimes and really not ashamed, but just um, uncomfortable about because there's always, there was that idea too with me growing up, like it's, I didn't want anyone in my high school to find out that I had a horse um, partially because I just like don't like that kind of attention, but also because people immediately be like, oh, well then you're rich, right? Mm-hmm. You must have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's that association with having horses and having a lot of privilege and a lot of, um, you know, expendable cash flow, right? Which sometimes is true. Um, and there's definitely a lot of privilege in being able to own and support a horse and support a uh, career as an equestrian. But that wasn't the case for my family. We struggled a lot. You know, we, you know, uh, we were always like, you know, we did, we were okay for a lot of time, but, you know, we had our own struggles and my family did like really try hard to um, make horses a priority in my life and support that for me. So I was lucky with that growing up. And then um, when I went off to college and took Juno with me, um, I took on a lot more responsibility for her because, you know, before she was boarded at my family's house. So that was one expense I didn't have to worry about. Um, and they were helping with me with things like her feet and stuff like that and vet bills more then. And then I took on a lot of that myself and, um, having to pay board that was almost the same as my, my share of rent Oof. for her and having all of these vet bills come up from all these injuries and just, it was one thing after another. And I worked so hard to be able to, uh, support her through that. And I took on multiple jobs. Like when it came down to it, I was like, well, I'll just have to get another job. So that's what I would always do. I was already working. I was in school full time. I was like, I'll just have to get another job. Oh my gosh. Did it just feel like, I know that you've talked a bit about that time as being really hard and overwhelming and yeah, hearing it from this perspective too, and having it be sort of you stepping into being more of the financial caretaker for Juno and also having it coincide with her having injuries more than she'd ever had before must have been really hard. (laughs) It was really hard. Yeah, it was, oh my God. Yeah, it was so hard. And honestly, like, I wouldn't have the debt I have if it weren't for Juno. Yeah. I wouldn't have had to take out any student loans if it weren't for Juno. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I'm sure some people would hear that who aren't horsey or, like, don't understand would be like, whoa, that's intense, you know? Um, but I was committed to her and I was committed to her care and her well-being. So, um, I did kind of what I had to do and yeah, it was really, it was really tough. Sometimes I remember, um, one vet I had early on when we moved to Seattle who first of all was kind of a jerk cause he, you know, younger person, I think I was 23 then. And he just automatically assumed I wasn't gonna be able to pay or something. So he's like, he said, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was a little bit shaming and like, are you sure you're going to be able to cover this? Or like, do I need to charge this card now? Or something along those lines. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like, here's my information. Like, I've always paid. Da, da, da. And what was funny is that he he did like run, he tried to run the card like after I thought he did. So it actually did decline. Because <laughs> I didn't 
now enough in my bank account, which felt terrible, but I was also like, whatever, dude, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's, it is what it is. But yeah, the, so, so that, like trying to make ends meet and make things happen and feeling, mm -hmm. having that kind of thing happen and yeah, not just feel totally embarrassed about it or ashamed yeah. about it, but yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel like if, if, if you and money were a couple, yeah. like where, how is your relationship going? It's, uh, it's not great. I'm a little resentful of money Yeah, <laughs> and how much it's uh, not come to me or how much it's left me. <laughs> For Money's Gino. been a bad boyfriend. Money's been a bad boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, but then at the same time, like, I'm so grateful that I have had all these ways to make it happen, you know, that I was able to get student loans to help support myself and Juno when I was going through school. And I have been able to rely on credit cards for vet bills. And um, I know that's not an option that's available to everybody. So I'm also really grateful for, for all of that. Like I did, it's always seemed to work out even as like nail biting and is scary and also just like cruddy is to take on debt like mm -hmm. it's always there's always it's always shown up there's always been just enough to cover whatever was happening mm -hmm. and my family's always been really great about helping me when I really mm -hmm. really need it so mm. you yeah. know I love that you bring up like always having just enough because that's something that um I've, I've done a lot of active work around money and I certainly still have a lot of trials and tribulations in my relationship to money. Mm -hmm. But um, that really was something that a mentor of mine highlighted for me in in kind of showing, holding up a mirror to me. And she was like, you're kind of telling the universe that like, this is what you need. You expect to get by on the skin of your teeth every mm, time. Totally. And like, you do. You're fine, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, it does come together. Totally. But you're not asking for more. And you're not actively opening up channels for more, you know? it's And it's hard. It's hard to talk about money in a, in a spiritual way sometimes, too, because it's all... There's... The system's... You know, the house always wins. The system is right. made for us. <laughs> the bills keep coming. No yes. yes. Vision board I make. So. Exactly. The <laughs> bills will arrive no matter what. And so, um, yeah, like always having just enough is so is so interesting as an idea. And I don't necessarily have some, like, beautiful thing to say about it. But I think, you know, if you're listening right now, maybe think about that because it really struck me when I – had that um, that point really just like my my mentor like held some space for me and was just like, do you think maybe you are only looking for just enough? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's definitely something that's common with horse people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we like to see like we're scrappy, yeah, you know, and we're hard workers, yeah. and we'll like make it work, you know. And I think a lot of us really kind of thrive in that identity, and mm -hmm. that has such a positive side to it. Um, but that's the negative side to it is that we can sometimes get too stuck in that, you know, and that like always having to be scrappy or always having to just make it work or get that other job. Like just because we can do it doesn't mean that like we should have to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Really, really well said. And like um, I say this including myself 100% and with no judgment, but like there can be a little bit of like martyrdom there. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> that we can, that can feel good. Yeah. And, and it, you know, 
bigger picture probably not but like in the moment it feels um it feels supportive and it gives you a place in the world and it makes you feel like I'm doing something meaningful totally. and I sacrifice yeah yeah and I don't know about you but for me that it feels like it justifies having a horse at all right yes. because having a horse by so many people is seen as this like luxury is seen as something that's just like your hobby mm-hmm. it's an extra it's totally something like if you were a good budgeter, you could just budget this out. Uh-huh. Um, and it does not, it's not, it doesn't feel like that for me because horses are like my lifeline and my blood. And Gino specifically is like a family member to me. So just being like, well, if you, what if you just sold her, then you'd have this much extra a year. And I'd be like, no. Right. <laughs> not, or what if you just yeah. like didn't give her the extra supplements you yeah. do that make her feel better and help her arthritis or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, totally. So... <laughs> having all of those voices in my head and having that like actual feedback sometimes like how hard I've worked to support her and how much sacrifice I've made sometimes feels like it validates me having her you know Mm. which I think is interesting yeah how does it feel like having that little realization I mean I feel sad that we I have to make any justification for my something I love yeah and I feel sad that anybody else has to do that too you know I do too whatever way that is but yeah especially I'm like anybody I'm a grown ass woman like whose damn business is it how I spend my money exactly how I want to it's literally no one else's yeah (laughs) and I feel like that's something that's uh evolved for me that I'm getting better at is being like a little indignant about and be like hey This is mine. I, you know, mm-hmm. I can spend it how I want to. And oh, because yeah. I choose to have horses in my life. And yes, I realize the full extent of what that means and like what other opportunities I might not have because of that or mm-hmm. savings I don't have or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I get it, but I'm still choosing it. Oh, that is like, <laughs> that's the perfect, um, <laughs> like end line to my money story, <laughs> which I'm like that I see so much in in myself um and like learning how to justify like not justify like embrace and get behind and allow yourself to have your greatest love be a part of your life and that that shouldn't be a question yeah and sure there's a ton of systems set up in so many people's you know keeping a wall up for so many people in so many different ways for so many different reasons Mm -hmm. um and like you know, I don't say, you know, just embrace it and it just comes to you all of a sudden. Like, yeah. but that's step one. Like, totally. you at least don't let yourself be part of the wall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe like society and culture and there's a lot of other things that are there, but They'll certainly there, be yeah. on your own side at totally. least. And like for me, growing up, I always, always, um, we have so many like mirrors in our, in our youth that is so sweet to me that I love. And I also had um, a single mom who remarried and she and I were so, and are so, so close. And she was definitely so behind my passion with horses. Um, But the person she married wasn't necessarily, and his sons who became my stepbrothers were very open even when, I mean, we were children, under 10, mm-hmm. and I don't even know why they were thinking these kinds of things, but they would come up to me and say, like, you know, you're wasting all of our dad's money by riding horses. Yeah. Why do you do this? Like, you're you're just, like, 
throwing stuff down the drain. Kids are cruel. And yeah, totally. And it could have just been like a reason to pick on me or something. And I was like the new kid in the family, but it really stuck with me. And I knew it from an early age. And I think that had a lot to do with why I ended up finding so much, um, so much passion for competition. Hmm. Because for me, being a winner at it justified it. Ah, yeah. You know, if yeah, I quite literally, it does. Yeah, you get some of the money back. Not exactly a little bit. Put in. <laughs> but it's like, oh, you're spending this money. Like, okay, well then I'm going to be the best at it. Yeah. And there wasn't room for it to just be for fun. Yeah. It felt like, and then and then later, um, later down the line, when I was at like the peak of all of that. Um, the reason that I stepped out of horses and the reason I lost the last horse I worked with was because of that side of my family, just sort of, um, very abruptly stepping away for a lot of reasons, not having to do with me, but it very much affected me. And so my money story with horses was, um, you know, the thing you love the most can be ripped out from under you at any moment. Yeah. And no matter how hard you work and no matter how good you are at it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so it took me a really long time. I mean, I pretty much resigned myself to thinking like, okay, well, I mean, I moved, I moved, I moved to the city, New York, and I started working and I, you know, was scraping by doing that, doing the like just enough and couldn't imagine in a million years that I would ever have a horse in my life again. Mm. I couldn't even afford an apartment. I was like, how am I, I'll never have that again. And like, I should just think back on that. And I remember so many times being like, you know, oh, like I I lived the peak of my life already. Yeah. Like it's behind me. Yeah. And nothing will ever be as good as that. And so, yeah. I mean, that's so sad for you to have to be in dumpy New York. I know. And be like, that's over for In me. my basement apartment. <laughs> Literally. So with seeing people's feet outside my bedroom window. <laughs> and just being like, that was it. Like, it's it's gone. And I think, like, but I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that it's, I think, like, that journey was exactly the journey that freed me to be able to, like, you know, I totally can relate to that feeling of having, relying on support outside of yourself. Yeah. And I, I, it pushed me to get to a point where I was, I knew I needed horses in my life again, but I was going to find them on my own terms mm-hmm. and no one else was going to have a hand in it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, at all yeah (laughs) because if it was going to go up in flames again at least it would be my fault and I wouldn't be able to like you know shake my fist at the sky and and just be like woe is me like (laughs) I'd rather have it be my own damn fault yeah and so um you know I'm really really happy that that's where I ended up and I still totally have all kinds of stuff around it but that's like the journey and I totally like feel like what you said before to circle back as it being the end of the story was, you know, learning that you need to be the one to allow yourself to have what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's really, really, really hard to do. It's like so much easier said and it takes work all of the time to be able to maintain that view. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, there's just so much to be, be said about it. And I feel like the conversations in the horse world, like really need to happen more in every way about money, you know, because there, everyone says like, there's a ton of money in the horse world. There really is. It's, a, it's like a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry, like yeah. in and of itself, it's amazing how much people spend on their horses and horses are just, they are expensive. They're expensive animals to care for and keep and, mm -hmm. um, in all the different ways for all the different reasons. Um, and we all acknowledge that we're all happy to acknowledge that we're like, wow, these guys are really expensive. Like, wow, you know, like horse poor and mm -hmm. there are memes out there that are like spending money on my horse and like spending money on me. And it's like, you're not right. Totally. <laughs> like none left empty yeah. wallet, a fly or, comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your friend's like, bought my horse new shoes. I haven't bought myself new shoes in five years or whatever totally. it is. Um, you know, we do that all the time, but we don't like dig into why that is and like, how do we. And should it be like that? Like, just because horses are, in fact, expensive animals to keep, does that mean that we always have to be struggling to keep them? You know? Right. Like, and, and how, and where is the money in the, in the industry? And where is it all going? And, and how is it going to these different places? And there's, I mean, so many. I could go on and on and on. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And I think, and there's so, there's so, so endless variety in the ways that horses can be kept and the relationships you can have with them. And, uh, you know, depending, you could spend close to nothing depending on the environment you have yeah, and like the setup you have available to Absolutely. you, or you could spend infinite amount every month. You know, there, there really is a range and none is, none is like necessarily better than the other. And I think you need to know for yourself, like what lights you up, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I think also in, in a part of my journey, like, yeah, I think that finding that balance, like, I don't necessarily, you know, I'm hesitant to say like, okay, well, if I'm not spending enough for myself now, I need to figure out how to, you know, take some of that money away from Salem. Like instead I'm like, no, I need to add for both of us. There needs yeah. to be more for both. Yeah. So it's, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, I can buy a new pair of sneakers so that, because I walk, our, <laughs> we walk so much in our horses and like, it would be really nice and that should be okay too yeah. and not take away from anything else, but only be like adding joy and, um, and I want that for all of us. I want all of us to have the things that we need and we want and, um, you know, we've both been really thinking about this a lot ever since we had planned out green as our theme for mm -hmm. February and March, we immediately were like, you know, uh, there's the obvious of, um, that we have been diving into in the herd about green horses and being green and what that means and how there's so much value in like inherited knowledge and just what you're born with already. Um, but we both were like, Green, gotta talk about dollar bills. Like we have got to address money <laughs> Those because Benjamins. Yes, the Benjamins. Like we've got to explore that because it is just so it's it's too bad that it's such a a like cliche. Yeah, it really is. Here. Yeah. In the horse world. It really truly is. Like it's almost like um <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that all of you out there have seen Mean Girls because there's a point in the movie where all these high school girls are standing around together, the popular girls, and they're all like saying something that they hate about themselves in the mirror, mm -hmm. and then they ask like the the new girl like, "What do you hate about yourself?" And it's such a foreign concept to her that she's like has to really think, and she's like, "I don't know. I guess my breath smells bad in the morning," and I just like love that because it's like we're so 
it would almost be uncomfortable to say to someone like, I'm pretty comfortable financially with my horse. Yeah. Like that would be the standout outlier. And I could feel like the heads turn being like, you are like, that's not right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then also not being a knee jerk reaction of like, Ooh, jealousy around that because I know I've definitely felt like that oh, yeah. about people who appear... green with envy is definitely a part of this <laughs> green with envy yeah I've definitely felt that about people I'm like how how do they do it or once I learn how they do it, I'm like that's so unfair like right. I could do so much better if I had their resources mm-hmm. or um yeah so that's that's definitely real the yeah I would I would love someone to be able to say that I mean if you can please message us because we yeah. want to hear from you we need because that's the thing too we do need to hear like it's also, like, a lot of us who have struggled, are struggling, are finding way out of that struggle. Yeah. Like, good to hear our voices, really need these stories told. But I all like, we need to hear from the people who are, like, I've gotten there, too. I you would love, please leave us a voice note. Like, that's, <laughs> that, we want to celebrate that 100% and, like, learn from it and embrace it. And I think the more that we can normalize that being the story and the more we can, like, you know, raise each other up. I think that's something in the heart horse we're always talking about, but we really, really mean it (laughs) is, um, you know, the more that we can support each other, the sooner we'll all get there. Yeah. And it's not about just one person getting there. It's not just about you or I getting there, Mm -hmm. but like all of us, everybody, um, because I really think that's like where the lasting change comes from. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so, you guys, we're going to wrap up this episode, but I think we should do a part two about money. I think we should do a part two. This is a shorty. And I think we should make a little announcement. Yes, we should make an announcement. Um, we have a really exciting event happening this coming Sunday. It's on March 14th at 2 p.m. PDT because we're switching to daylight time um, here in certain areas of world everywhere (laughs) we're really not sure it's so hard y'all figuring out the time zones we have to admit (laughs) we try really hard but it's still confusing it's still confusing so anyway if you're worried about it just search time zone tracker i think it's 1400 yeah on Um, march 14th okay cool cool all right um so yeah so we're having a wonderful speaker come to talk to us about equestrians embracing abundance and um, Jesse, the person who's going to be leading this workshop, is going to talk to us about rewriting our money story and how we embrace um, abundance. And even though she's not an equestrian herself, she's going to talk about equestrian specific challenges with that. And uh, I wait. cannot wait. You and I both have been like so excited for ourselves to be a part of this workshop. Definitely. And I hope, like, if you even just have the tiniest thing that you could resonate or relate on uh, in this episode that you'll consider joining us because I think it's going to be the start of something really beautiful. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, it starts with us and our mindset and our, our ability to face our stories and face our actual numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> in our checkbooks and our bank accounts yeah. and look at our habits and look at our spending and do that with like love and compassion for ourselves and with Hopefully with joy and ease. Yes. Like the more voices that are there, like the more we all get to learn, like every question you have, I'm sure is one that we'll all want the answer to. Totally. So like, you know, all our brains are better than mine. Exactly. Um, So if you want to join this event, it's only $12, a very affordable event. Yes. Money. (laughs) An abundance uh, workshop should definitely be within a budget. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's on March 14th, 2 p.m. PDT, and you can sign up to join on 
our website, hearthorse.us. You'll find it in the trading post and the events section. Um, so we hope we'll see you there. It'll be yeah. really fun to have you all join us. Yeah, let's change it. Heart Horse is the equestrian community you've always longed for. One where we celebrate and support the unique relationship we each have with our horses. Membership starts at just $20 a month with an option to receive our carefully curated bi-monthly Heart Horse box. Get started at hearthorse.us and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at underscore heart for the latest news.